0: Good morning, good morning. Oh, the lights are on. That means we're time to get started. 2023, we're here. We're loving it. Okay. Um, Ashley, where's Ashley? There she is. Ashley, thanks for bringing back a couple of the old songs this morning. I love that. Guys, some of you guys like the old, you guys like the old, raise your hand if you like some of the old stuff. Okay. Now some of you, I look at you and like, how old do we need to go on some of those songs? But I'm actually looking, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a moment this week, I'll just share it real quick, I'll figure out how to. So I was having a, I was at a doctor's appointment type thing this week. That's the best way I can describe it, okay? I say no more. Some of you know more information than you should know about my doctor appointment and um, but I remember it was one of those things that they're still kind of in COVID protocol. I'm like, okay, anyways, I don't want to go there. Um, but I was back there by myself, much rather have my wife with me in that moment. And you're just laying there waiting for anesthesiologists to come and just that whole thing. And, and um, you're just laying there and you're just like, and so it's kind of anxiety a little bit, right? So I was just praying and asking, God, I just, um, you know, I just want your will, be, will to be done. I want to do what you want me to do. And I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, just a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. And, um, and so I just need to know, you know, honestly, I was just saying, God, I just need to know you're here, that you're walking with me, that you're beside me. And, um, and in those moments, the way I usually connect with with God is, yes, through prayer, but it's always through song. And you know the song that came into my head at that moment? It's a song that I have literally beat into the ground over the years and have not sung it. Mitch is in the back going, no, don't do it, because I already told him. Uh, It was Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. Yes, Jody, wow. (laughs) I haven't sung that song probably in, I don't know, years. But it just came to just reminded me, Lord, I lift Your name on high. Lord, I love to sing Your praises. God, I'm so glad that You're in my life, and that's about as far as I got. And then, then you're out, (laughs) and then you're waking up, and you know you're like, okay. So it's good to sing some of the old songs and to connect and just be reminded that God is with us even in the midst of uh, the craziness. Hey, just a couple things. We are going to be back uh, in Second Peter this morning, but you see posters around here still. That was from last week when we gathered on New Year's Day, and we had stations, and we just walked around, and we prayed for these different areas. And I heard from many of you, you just that it was a really moving moment um, just to be praying. And I want to leave them up for a little while just to, to remind us that we should be praying uh, for these areas in our community. And... Um, and, and that's what makes the difference. Prayer is what makes the difference. And connecting with God as his people make the difference. And so Foursquare every year, it seems like the last several years, so they're going to do it again this year, they start off, as Toby said, they start off with the year. Well, they don't start off. They start on the 9th for some reason. They decide, eh, we're going to get into, let people stumble into the new year a little bit. And then on the 9th you know, or so, we're going to start. So 21 days of prayer starting tomorrow fasting and prayer and so they've done a really really good job in um, putting something together for you this is old school paper if you've never seen this before okay Um, we still have a printer at the church that we use and it's even in color so but it's even better if you just sign up uh, with your phone online they'll send you this stuff every single day just prompts and reminders to pray and things to pray about, fasting and prayer is what will make a difference in our world today. You know, we watch the news, like I said last week, we watch the news and we see all the impossibles, and we're like, God, when are you going to do something? And honestly, I feel God just bounces that question right back to us. When are you going to do something? It's God's heart to heal our land. I really believe that. But are we going to humble ourselves as that passage of Scripture says over there? My people, God says, if my people pray, not if the sinners pray. Well, we're all sinners. Get theologically correct here. But God says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will listen. And so for 21 days, prayer and fasting, really encourage you to do this I don't know what your fast might look like i don't know i would give up something and say god i'm serious about this i want to pray for my family and i want to pray for my community God, i want to pray for my church god our government needs as much help as they can get our schools need as much help as they can get and so be praying we have a few of these copies i'm sure we could make more um but it's it's easier if you just have your prompts on On your phone, okay. Really good, really good. All right, like I said, we're back in uh, Second Peter, and so if you need a Bible this morning, really encourage you to uh, to follow along. We're going to be jumping around our Bibles quite a bit in the new year, and if you need one, would you raise your hand, Fiona? Would be glad to get you a Bible. Yes. So they're back there, Fiona. Okay. Okay. So raise your hand if you need a Bible. Ashley is handing out Bibles. Okay, cool. Some of you guys are following along on your phones. I forget that my Bible's on my phone once in a while. You ever do that? So I did that last night. Like, Oh, I forgot to read this one, this one thing. And I was like, I'm going to have to go all the way downstairs. And then I realized, and then Heather goes, it's on your phone. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. It's on my phone today's message, I've titled it, Rescue is Coming. No matter what is standing in front of us or we're standing in front of, no matter what we are in the midst of and going through, that rescue is coming. might not always look like the rescue that we want and the rescue that we pray for, but rescue is coming. And we're back into uh, 2 Peter, and I just didn't want to jump right into chapter 2, which pretty much just talks about God's judgment. I want to be reminded of who our God is. So I went all the way back to chapter 1, and I thought about reading the whole thing for you. But again, I don't think you come to church to hear me read. But I am going to read to you some highlights from chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. As I read through it and some of the things that stand out off the page to me, that we have been given precious faith. That God's Grace and peace is ours in abundance. We have been given everything we need to live this life, knowing He knows us, that He has called us by His own glory and goodness. We have been given great and precious promises. Why? So we can participate in the divine nature, which is we get, have the opportunity to participate in God's plan. We have faith. That's huge. But now, Peter says, add to that faith. It's like when you're car shopping, you can get the car that just has the roll-up windows. I saw it this week. It had an old car that had the... I'm not going to have you raise your hand if you still roll your windows down like this. Some of you guys have... no. Really, Bob? Yeah. What do you got? The only thing that breaks on that is a 2006 Corolla. <laughs> a 2006 Corolla that you have to actually do this. Okay? So this motion right here is air conditioning. This motion right here is, I, I won't say heat because, you know. But anyways, less less air conditioning. Okay. And so we have options when we go out and buy a car. Like, I want to buy a car that has heated seats. Yes. Anybody have a heated steering wheel? Oh, yeah. those. Yeah, spoiled. You, you, all you guys are right there. <laughs> yeah, I love those actually. They're, they feel really good on the, on the hands. You don't have to wear gloves. Peter says that we have this precious faith, but for us as believers, the options we're supposed to add to it, and it's not even options. This is what he says add to your faith goodness, knowledge, self control, perseverance. Godliness, mercy, and love. Those all should be the options on the vehicle that we drive, right? I'm going to say those again. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mercy, and love. Peter reminds us that these truths are to keep us grounded. So if you need to be grounded this morning... And in 2023, as we start off the year, we need to be reading his word. Read Second Peter chapter 1. It'll help us be grounded. Peter reminds us that he was with Jesus, and he witnessed firsthand the miracles and the glory of Jesus, that he was an eyewitness. And the message of God's rescue was not a new idea. It was a prophetic message. Hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that Jesus the Messiah was coming, that rescue was coming. Peter says it was as obvious as a light shining in a dark place. And that the prophets, as they shared this message, were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. That the prophets were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And I I just can't believe that that was just for the prophets. I have to believe that that's for us who believe in Him. As we walk with Him, as we follow Him, as we obey Him, that He carries along, carries us along in this life. It's huge to me. You know, we had just started chapter 2 when we took a break and looked at uh, Christmas, and um, we looked at all this is God's plan, but not just the festivities, but knowing that God is Emmanuel, so we took some time off. And as I was looking at that, up and I was like, well, I wonder how many days there are till Christmas. I'm going to be the first one to tell you. And I found this app. <laughs> there's an app for everything. And I'm just going to show you. I just got to show you. So there's this app right here. It's christmascountdown.com. It's right here. Snowflakes and all. 350 days, 13 hours, 9 minutes, and 20 seconds. 18 seconds. 17 seconds, and with every counting second, someone in this room is super excited about Christmas 2023. So, anyways, not going to mention who. My mom. My mom loves Christmas. Okay. Cool. 350 days till Christmas, all part of God's plan. I believe that what God's doing right now is part of His plan what God is doing in you and me individually is part of his plan. what God is doing in us corporately, the stirring that he's doing in each of us is part of his plan. second peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 3, peter warns us that hey there will be knowing all these promises and the fact that peter wants us to be grounded in the word of God and know who our God is. And then he sets it up. This is why. This is why you need to be grounded as a believer in Christ in the Word of God, is because there will be false teachers that come and that will lead you astray. And Peter says, many will follow. Man, as a believer in Jesus, that actually brings fear a little bit to me. But I know my God doesn't, he's not a God of fear. But it should cause this awe in me. It's like, wow, I I just don't want to go there. I need to be grounded in his word. I need to be reading his word and know what the Bible has to say. And so when the false teachers come, Peter says they will come. So when they come, I'll, I'll know. I'll see it. I'll experience it. I'll like, no, that's not true. That's not what the Bible has to say. That's not who my God is. My God is a just God, but he's also a loving God. We talked a little bit about that this morning. So we need to know the Bible. So 2023, we should be reading our Bibles. And so, like I said earlier, this is paper. We have a copy machine, but you can really do this on your own as well. We have printed some Bible plans if you want to read through the Bible this year. If that's like an impossible task, like, I, there's no way I could ever do it. Well, I'm just going to tell you, if I can do it, you can do it right? And so and there's different plans. There's one that right here that um, just chrono- chronologically runs you through the Bible and tells you what to read and what day to read it. If you do it on, I think it's Christianity.com, all you have to do is like click on the day and it pops up all three chapters or all four chapters you're supposed to read that day. and You can just do it right on your phone. Um, But there's also one here reading the whole Bible, and it's a little bit Old Testament, a little bit New Testament. This one's kind of cool because it gives you breaks somehow, but then they make you make it up. But anyways, it makes you feel good, like, oh, this is the makeup day. But then the next day, you've got to read four chapters instead, you know. But we should be reading our Bibles. And so if you need a copy of one of those, we have those in the back as well. Let's read our Bibles in 2023, so we will know the truth. Jesus says if we know the truth, what happens? We're set free. We don't have to be in bondage of all this stuff. The bondage that is showing up right now is fear and anxiety, depression. That is the bondage that is showing up right now. And, and, I, and I'm saying I fall into some of those categories myself, but when I'm reminded who my God is, it pulls me out of those places. When I know that my God is for me and not against me, when I know that my God has a plan for me, when I know that this faith that I have is a precious faith, all these things. I just happened to look at Mitch and Ashley when I said that. Now, when I say faith, I think of their little girl. Peter warns of judgment in chapter 2. He reminds us that rescue is coming, but he also warns us of judgment. God will rescue those who earnestly seek him. God is the one that will always be there with us. And like I said, we, we must know his word. And, and Jesus was talking to a crowd in Matthew chapter 7. It was towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he shares this, this passage. He shares these words with this crowd. And the question that, is, that happens in a lot of us is, like that as the 2023 is starting, is, so where am, I, where am I at? Who am I living for? right now. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the, hey, I'm making New Year's resolutions, and usually New Year's resolutions are what? They're usually about us. They usually are. So, the question is, where are we at? Are we doing our will in 2023, or are we doing His will in 2023? And Jesus is talking to this crowd in Matthew chapter 7, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did did I not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, Jesus said, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers." That doesn't sound like the Jesus that I know, some people will say. I thought Jesus loved me. Well, he does love us. He gave his life for us. But what does he tell us our responsibility is? I just read it. To do the will of my Father in heaven. And what is God's will for us? It's to know him, to live for him, to love him with our whole mind, body, soul, and spirit. And then to love those he brings into our lives the same way we love ourselves. That is the promise of God. Jesus calls this group of people evildoers. And if you read that list, it's sobering because these people cast out demons. They did miracles. They did all these amazing things. The question is, who were they doing them for? Were they doing them for themselves? For their glory, so they can sell more books, so they can be on TV, more TV stations, more radio stations? Or are they doing it for His glory, for God's kingdom? It almost seems harsh that Jesus calls a group of people evildoers. So, who are the evildoers? It's just simply those who don't do the will of God, Jesus said, who live for themselves and no one else. So what is God's will for us? Like I said before, to know him, to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And practically, for us, that's just listening, spending time with him, listening, and doing what he asks us to do. Obeying. Not a word we all like, but obeying. To love people and to be loved and to love those who God puts in front of us. And that's practically, practically caring and serving those around us. We can't just simply acknowledge him and then do whatever we want. We got to do what he asks us to do. Jesus describes another scene in Matthew twenty-five. I'm going to ask you to turn over there with me this morning, so keep keep a hand in Second um, Peter chapter two, but Matthew twenty-five. Talking about eternal rescue and eternal judgment. Matthew 25, 31 through 46, page 852 if you're in a church Bible. And Jesus says in verse 31, And when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate people from one and another, to, as a shepherd sh- separates sheep from goats. And he will put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then Jesus will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And this passage is referring to what Peter is going to be talking about in his second chapter of his second book. That rescue is coming, but also judgment is coming. And judgment is even here as we read it. We don't always talk about this in church, especially the American church. It, it is usually the unicorns, butterflies, rainbows, and kittens. Sunday mornings, a walk on a beach, right? The truth is, God does love us and care for us, He has plans for us. But the, also, the truth is that we are not always keen to those ideas. And we want to do it ourselves. We are the two-year-old or the one-and-a-half-year-old, <laughs> for some of you that have a one-and-a-half-year-old, that just wants to do it the way we want to do it. We don't want to be bound by any, don't tell me how to do it, I got this. And Peter tells us that there will be false teachers that come in, there will be All these things come in your way, but you need to be grounded in the truth. Because our God is, yes, He's a God of love, but He's also a God of justice. And there will be payment for that false teaching. And so I want to read chapter 2, just the first nine verses to you this morning, and then we'll kind of peel apart um, some of the topics that, that He's covering I'll just say real quick that Second Peter chapter two is one continuous thought. We're going to break it up in a few weeks and kind of split it, but it is one huge continuous thought. And he says in chap- chapter two, verse one, "But there also will be false teachers among you, just as there are also false teachers well, there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves." Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into dispute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them. Their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment... If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what was going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the depraved conduct of, of the lawless, for that righteous man lived, living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly. Just in the midst of all this. That's a pretty heavy passage. But can I just start off with this heavy passage by giving you some hope right here? Verse 9. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment." Rescue is coming. God knows how to rescue the righteous from trials. So Peter brings up three examples of God's judgment here in chapter 2. The first one he mentions, hey, God recognized and saw the angels and put them in this pr- chains in prison. Some of these passages, it's, it's, for me, it's fun. I kind of, as uh, Jan would say, I geek out over this type of stuff because it, it, it raises questions. So he says, angels, what is he talking about here? That God took the angels and put them in a hell and is holding them for punishment. Is he talking about Genesis chapter 6 and the whole Nephilim thing? Anybody into in, anybody, I bet you're like you're into it? You read through it and you're like, wow, what are these? Read Genesis, read Genesis 6. Really interesting passage. If you think the Bible is boring, you're not reading your Bible. Okay? Reading through some of these stories this last week it is crazy. God, how can you use a man like Abraham When we look at Abraham in the New Testament, everything's glorious. Everything's amazing. We read the story about Abraham and his sacrifice of his own, his willing sacrifice of his own son. But before that moment, Abraham was a liar. He obeyed God. He left his place. He went and did his stuff. But to protect his own life, he lied about his wife being his wife and put her in jeopardy. With kings, (laughs) I see wives pointing at their husbands right now. Husbands, don't lie. It's crazy to read these stories and realize that, God, you use these men and women that are just like us. They're broken. They're frail. They're living life. They hear your call. They say yes, and they still stumble and they fall. But yet, God, you still have a plan for them. God still had a plan for Abraham. I'm not dissing on Abraham. He's an amazing man. But sometimes we look at these Bible heroes, and we don't realize that these are just normal men and women that God called them yes. And what makes them not normal is they said yes, but what makes you not normal is you said yes to Jesus, if you have said yes. If you're tired of being normal, say yes to Jesus. You will not be normal ever again. What's that shirt that you got me for Christmas? What does it say on it? I can't think of it right now. I'm putting you on the spot. Get used to different. different. It's from The Chosen. It just says, it's a sweatshirt I'm wearing. I'm walking through Costco last night, and the guy goes, hey, is that from The Chosen? It's just a hoodie that says get used to different and it's a scene in that show that jesus is calling matthew matthew was man he was a rotten guy he cheated on his own people his own brothers and sisters of his heritage just to make money and he made a lot of money and he was one of the last ones at least in the show that Jesus called. Jesus already had a bunch of his apostles there, and when Jesus calls Matthew, these apostles, the cool thing about that show, it shows the humanity. These apostles are not happy. Why are you choosing him?" In fact, Peter was angry, and he pulls Jesus aside and said, "Why are you choosing him? He's different. He's weird. He's different. And Jesus just calmly turns to him and says, get used to different. (laughs) And then the credits come, and you're like, oh, that was awesome. (laughs) Just get used to different if you follow Jesus. So there's some amazing stories in his word, and yeah, the Nephilim, and the fallen angels, many people believe that, and at one point God says, okay, that's not happening anymore. You cannot have a relationship with women on planet Earth. I'm not making this stuff up. Genesis chapter 6. So some theologians believe that those, those angels were taken and put into this temporary prison called hell, and they will be brought out for judgment. Jude chapter 6. If you want to read your Bible, it's like, ah, I need to read my Bible. I need to read a short book. Jude. There's no chapters, there's just Jude. Jude 6. This is what it says, and I remind you of the angels who did not stay within their limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Again, I think we read the scriptures and we look at our world right now and like, God, when are you going to do something? He is doing something. We serve a just God. And so judgment is coming, but judgment is here. He is working. And so in this case, he's got these angels that step across the boundaries that God had and says, okay, I'm pulling you back. You, this is where you don't belong here. The second example he uses, it says the ancient world. Got the God judged the ancient world. Yes, we're talking about Noah and the whole ark thing. When's the last time you read the story of Noah, Noah's ark? Probably been a while. It was a while for me. I've read it a couple times this week. Fascinating. This guy was an old guy. He was kind of like, I'm kind of ready to just sit out on my front porch and just chill. I'm ready to kind of be a snowbird. Let me go to Arizona or let me go to Mexico and hang out for six months, (laughs) which sounds really cool. So. But God calls him to build a, a boat in the desert because it's going to rain. And Noah's like, what is rain? <laughs> Noah is not from Seattle. <laughs> he goes, what is rain? Because it had never rained. Somehow God, his irrigation, it, the land was, it came up from the ground, and everything was just taken care of that way. Genesis chapter 6 The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Okay, i want to read this passage to you again and I want you to see, does this sound familiar? The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Now, I'd like to paint that with a big brush. Like, yeah, that's where we're at now. But there are, that's not exactly where we're at right now. There are still people doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And Toby shared one. When a, when a seven-year-old girl, she's seven now, right? Well, whew, eight, eight years old? Someone's getting old in this room. Okay. <laughs> yes, me. Um, when an eight-year-old girl gets $10 and says, I want to give that back to to God. Her inclination is not to do evil with it. It's to do good with it. So, So we're not there yet. But in this case, the world was in that place. And if we continue in that passage, the Lord regretted. I don't know. This was interesting. I forgot about reading this. But the Lord regretted that he had made the human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. Now, God is a sovereign God, and he knew ahead of time, but that still, as a father, it still hurts. As parents, we just know that our kids are going to break our hearts at some point. It's just going to happen. It doesn't stop us from having those kids. It doesn't stop us from walking with them loving them, caring for them, but it's just going to happen. But God still did it. God's response, parents, don't let this be your response, please. And the Lord said, I will wipe them from the face of the earth. (laughs) Uh, Some of you parents, that might be a tempting, hey, this is from Scripture. (laughs) Sit down for a moment. I got something, this is what I read in the Bible. I will wipe you from the face of the earth. Uh, thank you, parents, for never telling me that. Okay, Genesis chapter six goes on, and it's a it's a bleak picture. But then there's cool verse in verse eight. It says, "But, but Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people." of his time, and he walked with God faithfully. Was Noah perfect? No. Read the story of Noah. It gets really interesting right after the flood, okay? He's not a perfect man, but because he walked with God, he was considered righteous. Hmm. Took him 100 to 120 years to build the boat, depending on what scholar you believe. Again, God comes to you and says, I want you to build a boat, and not just a boat. I want you to build a big boat, 440 feet long, 72 feet wide, 43 feet high. What's a boat? (laughs) I'm in the desert. What's rain? But the Bible says that Noah did it because he walked with God, and he trusted God, and he obeyed God. 100 years. And in that whole time, Peter tells us right here in chapter chapter 2 that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. The whole time he's building this boat, his heart is for the people. Like, you, I'm trying to warn you here, something's coming. Don't know exactly what it's going to be. I've heard rain, and it's not going to be good. Get right with God. He was a preacher of righteousness. I've seen movies. I've seen the stories. And sometimes Noah seems harsh in those. I don't know if he was or not. I don't think we're supposed to be harsh. But our message should be the same, that, hey, something is coming. We need to be ready. And because I have compassion and love for you, I want you to be ready, just like I'm ready. And then the third example, Peter pulls out here in verses 4 through 9 is he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think most of us know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's an example of God's wrath. But I don't know how many of you guys know the story leading up to Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. It's my favorite part of this story because three men approach Abraham. He sees them coming from a distance they have that spirit of hospitality in their culture. So like, oh my goodness, I have visitors. I need, to, uh, I need to prepare a meal. I need to take care of these people. Unlike us, the doorbell rings and we all hit the ground. <laughs> right? We have automatic shutters. We have the button. And then the shutter just automatically closed. Right? No. He has this hospitality. These three men come. He thinks they're just men. And then he realizes these are not just men. This is the Lord. So when we read our Bibles, when we think of Jesus coming as Emmanuel, as a baby born in a manger, yes, he did that. But he also showed up in the Old Testament. This is Jesus walking on planet Earth as the Lord. And he approaches, and he has two companions walking with him. And they are angels of judgment. And they come, and Abraham says, come and sit, And then says, will you wait here while I go prepare a meal? And it's just not like go hit a a microwave 30 seconds and boom, it's done. They have to kill a goat. They have to make bread. They have to do all this. That's a long time to wait. But then they just hang out. And they're spending time. And then the Lord says, all right, it's time to go. We're heading towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're going to take them out. It's time. Now, Abraham has a relative there. This relative's name is Lot. It's his nephew. He loves his nephew. In fact, when Abraham and Lot left Ur, their place, their home, and they got, and they, God blessed them. they had so much stuff that they couldn't handle just staying together anymore. And so Abraham said, we're on this mountain area. Abraham says, where do you want to go? And there's this beautiful area right on the water, green, lush comfortable. And Lot was like, I want to go there. And Abraham said, okay. Abraham gave him the best place. So he goes to that place, even though that place, as we're going to read, was wicked. It looked great from the mountains. It looked great, lush, comfortable, and all that stuff. But it was not a good, healthy place. And Abraham had the kind of the rougher areas, Abraham hears of God's plan for Sodom and Gomorrah and has compassion for them. And so in chapter 18 of Genesis, Abraham approached the Lord and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? For me personally, this is our hope. Man, I look and see what's going on in our world. And if God, I'm just going to be real. If God doesn't bring judgment, I don't understand because God brought judgment on these, on these, and we've talked about it this morning. My hope is that God rescues the righteous before he brings that judgment. Abraham comes to the Lord and says, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing. Wow, that's bold. Abraham is almost, almost like rebuking God. Like, far be it from you. You would never do that, would you, God? Treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will you not judge? Will you not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And as you read that passage, it is, it's an incredible passage. Read it this week. If you're reading through the Bible and if you're like, oh, I'm starting late, well, you'll read it this week because you've you got some catching up to do. It's not just that one, it's a long conversation. It goes from, and the Lord says, what does he say here? I will spare the whole place for their sake. So Abraham was like, okay, 50. Well, God, what about 45? Okay, I will spare, I will spare them for 45 people. And Abraham was like, okay, um, what about, well, actually he goes from, yeah, then he goes to 40 He starts off by going by fives, 50, 45, 40. And every time the Lord says, okay, for 40, I will spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham just says, well, how about 30? How about 20? How about 10? If there are just 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you spare them? And the Lord says, I will spare them for 10. Now, we know the story. There wasn't 10 righteous people there at all. And when they go, those angels, it gets really, again, <laughs> if you think the Bible is boring, you're not reading your Bible. It gets really weird and interesting. And I think a lot of us look at Sodom and Gomorrah and we judge Sodom and Gomorrah by just one act of sin. Rampant sexuality is happening in the Sodom and Gomorrah all across the board, all across the board. But that's not their only judgment, because Ezekiel chapter 16 says, Sodom's sins were pride, gluttony, and laziness. While the poor and needy suffered outside the door, she was proud and committed detestable sins. So I wiped her out, as you have seen. And when we read that passage, doesn't that take us back to the passage in Matthew 25, when Jesus is saying. Because you didn't do this for the least of these. What was Sodom and Gomorrah's judgment? Part of it was they had, they had all that they needed, but they didn't take care of people who needed, who were needy. They had plenty, but they didn't do it. And that was one of their judgments. And what I love about Abraham's heart when he's negotiating, having this conversation with, with God here, it's a picture of what Jesus does for us as his kids. You realize that the Bible says that Jesus right now intercedes for you. That he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven and he prays for you. And he talks to his Father about you. And if you want to know what those passages are, it's Romans chapter 8, verse 34, 1 John 2, 1, and Hebrews 7, 25. That he intercedes for us. That he's with us. And this whole message in chapter two of Second Peter is, "Rescue is coming." And maybe some of us this morning, like, it's about time. I'm ready to be rescued." And the songs we sing remind us that our God is a rescuer, that He is a waymaker, that he is a miracle worker, that in the midst of the darkness that we walk through, He is light. So let's be reminded as we walk into 2023 who our God is, and let's be grounded in his word. He is a just God. Rescue is coming, but judgment is coming as well. Let's stand together. And God, this morning, as we have opened up your word, we've been all over your word this morning, just reminded of who you are, that you're a loving, compassionate God who who has created a place for us, who has plans for us, but also has given us the responsibility and the privilege to say yes or no. God, for those who have said yes, God, that they would walk with you, that they would live for you, that their prayer would be, God, your kingdom come, God, your will be done in my life just like it is in heaven. And God, for the ones who have not said yes to you, in fact, some of them have even emphatically said no, Lord, I pray that they would really know who you are. And they wouldn't see you as this far-off, distant, angry God, but they would see you as a loving, heavenly Father who has compassion on them and who has done everything for them. They just have to simply say yes and follow. I want to talk to you right now this morning. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you're watching from home or you're in the house, man, today is the day to say yes. to surrender your stuff and to receive from him. Incredible plans. You can't even conceive that he has for you. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy. In fact, I'm gonna say say to you that it can be a rough road at times, but on that rough road, he is with you every step. In fact, he carries you along, as we read earlier. Today is the day to say yes. So God, we corporately say yes to you. Would you lead us? God, That the communities that you've placed us in, the neighborhoods, the neighbors that we have, I believe are the neighbors that, You have sovereignly placed us amongst. God, give us prophetic words to speak to our neighbors, to minister to them, to care for them, and to introduce them to you, the miracle working God, the one who has rescue for us. Thank you that rescue is coming and rescue is here. Lead us and guide us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. 21 days of fasting and prayer starts tomorrow. We have a few of these copies, but you can do that on your phone. We also have Bible reading plans that you can grab. Um, God bless you. We'll see you next week.